This is Aiden from Up For The Challenge, um, and uh, I am uh, here with my co-host, Rowan Frazier. Say hello, Rowan. Hello, I'm Rowan Frazier. And uh, today is our first podcast episode. Whoa! Uh, Rowan is uh, about as enthused as I am. Um, about. Just kidding. We are super excited. Super excited. We have been noodling around for many months. So much noodling. So much noodling. Um, and planning and brainstorming and all that good stuff and finally we have plugged in our mics and and, ready to go and are ready to go um so uh we're gonna start off today by just telling you guys a little bit about ourselves um and also why you are hearing your voices in the first place so i'll start again like i said before my name is aiden um i am in challenge two and have been in the cc program um since the apprentice um class um my favorite subjects in challenge are western cultural history and I also like me some Shakespeare, um, as we'll be getting into today. Um, and then also in my free time, I love to play baseball. Um, I play at my local high school, and um, just generally all things baseball. Baseball fan, baseball player, baseball extraordinaire. Um, I'm going to hand it over to my co-host, Rowan, to tell you a little bit about himself now. So, Rowan. Yeah, so as I said before, I'm Rowan. I am not your average Joe. I'm an Irish dancer. And I play accordion. Oh man, he can. I can play some accordion. He can play some accordion. No, nobody's really a big fan of it, but the intro they, song you just heard is actually written and composed by Rowan Fraser. That is so. that is very true. Um, so I, yeah, I've also in the challenge two class with Aiden, and I have been in CC all my life. It's been a joy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and looking forward to graduating from CC in a couple years. Yeah, and uh, that doesn't seem too far gone. So no. Uh, now that you guys know us just a little bit, um, we're going to talk about why we're here in the first place. So over the years in challenge, we—it has been a challenge. It's been a—it's been a challenge. Let's face it. Um, and so we just want to be of service um, and hopefully help you guys throughout your own challenge journey by providing any experiences um, and knowledge that we have, and that uh, hopefully that that will uh, have an impact on your challenge journey. Hopefully make it easier for you to go through it. Because it's hard, guys. It's, it's hard. a challenge. Um, so we'll be kind of doing two things um, along those lines. So first, we'll be sharing our tips and tricks um, about challenge. Um, again, that'll be a lot of sharing our own experiences um, and uh, things that we have learned. So how to schedule your week out. How to not procrastinate. Rowan will have less sorry, to say about Sorry, sorry about that. Um, how to uh, work with your tutor and your, um, your, your mother or um, father at your mom or dad as you are um, at home during the week. Um, and then the other thing that we're going to do, one of uh, the thing that we're going to get into today is the content of ch- the challenge program. So we'll be d- going through books and plays and short stories um, and uh, some of the science. All that good stuff. The projects, all that good stuff. Um, and try and summarize it and then uh, try and help um, in making a little bit more sense of it. So yeah. that is what we're going to start with today. Uh, we decided that we're going to start off with one of our personal favorites of the challenge program, Shakespeare's Taming, Taming of the Shrew. Uh, we read this book in Challenge 1? Yes, yes, 1. Challenge 1. Um, and do we read I, do We read it all year, right? No, second semester. Just second semester. So um, it is a, a joyful second semester joyful. as you read through it. You will read through it about four times? Yeah, I believe four around times. that, yeah. Um, so you'll read a lot. You'll become very familiar with the play. Um, today, uh, we're just going to get through the first uh, couple acts or so, so probably go through Act 2, um, since we already did a little bit of an introduction. 
So, uh, yeah. Um, Rowan, what was uh, your experience with Potato Ministry? What, what did you get out of it just before well, we kick it off? Well, first time I read it. It was terrible, I'll be honest. It was it made no sense. This guy writes in tongues and not the tongues I know. <laughs> They're not very fun tongues. But this then the second time we began to um understand it slightly more and um we got to have more fun with it and kind of act it out a little bit and have our each individual parts. And then the third and fourth time is when it really got interesting and we actually understand all this guy's jokes. Um, and we uh, totally immersed ourselves in it and like made a whole play out of it. We were the laughing stock of that community. People, we were. It was a, it was a very fun. It was a hoot and holler and good time. And so, really, when you're, and this is the only Shakespeare I've read a little bit more Shakespeare than Rowan has. No offense. Yes, yes, yeah. But um, it once you you really need that repetition to read in Shakespeare. Once you have read it once or twice it starts to make sense, right? Yeah. And you learn that, yes, he is, Shakespeare wrote and is speaking um, through the characters in a different way than we are used to, but eventually um, you catch on and you start yeah. to... it makes more sense. It makes more sense. You start to see what should I be paying attention to and what can I say like, yeah, I don't know why he swapped words three times in that <laughs> sentence, but I'm just going to roll with it. Um, so once you start to understand it and understand the story, um, I would encourage actually looking up a Sparknotes video. Sparknotes has been very helpful mm -hmm. to us. Or some other source where it summarizes the play beforehand so you're not going in totally cold. Um, that you would uh, begin to understand it before you go in so you kind of know what you're, um, what you're reading about. And then, yeah, once you start to read it uh, with your classmates, um, you'll start to understand it more, and then also you'll just have a lot more fun with it. So yeah. um, we've been talking about how to read Shakespeare, but let's get into it. Let's get into it. All right, so Taming of the Shrew. So the Taming of the Shrew was uh, thought to have been written by William Shakespeare um, in the years 1590, um, between 1590 and 1594, and it was uh, performed on a thrust stage um, in daylight. So no, no nighttime shows for no night shows for the the people in Shakespeare's day. Um, but a thrust stage, as you think of stages, as we would go into a theater, is the curtain covers the stage, right? And then when the curtain opens, it's almost like a little section taken out of the wall, and that's where the performers are performing. Um, in Shakespeare's day, um, what this would have been was more like a concert that we would think of today, is where the stage would would um, extend out into the audience, and so the audience would be surrounding the three sides of the stage, um, so kind of, a, um, a kind of different from what we're used to today. Um, also, this would have been play would have been performed with minimal props and no scenery. So that's think, pretty boring. I know, but the actors then would have had been extra, extra skilled to mm, be able to pull true. it off. Um, so if we think about a play today, like if you watch Hamilton, right? There's costume changes and props and giant scenery, and that's not what it would have been at all um, in the performing of the Taming of Shrew. Would have been very simplistic. Also, um, as you've probably heard before, uh, the Female roles in this play were performed by men, um, so uh, a very, um, as you've again heard before, is Shakespeare in Shakespeare's day. This was a common, a common method. Um, so let's jump right into the Taming of the Shrew. So the book begins off with a very confusing section, or the play rather, very called confusing. the Induction. Now the Induction is kind of like a. Uh, Again, like it sounds like an introduction. Here is what, here's how we start, and curtain draws open. And so, if you have not heard of a frame narrative before, 
I'm gonna explain it to you. So this play is a frame narrative. So frame narrative is uh, a story within a story. So if you've ever watched, for example, The Princess Bride, The Princess Bride begins with a uh, 80s, 1980s kid in his bedroom. He's sick. His grandfather comes in and begins to read him a book. And then the movie is that book, is the story that the grandpa is reading to his um, grandson. So that's what this play is about. So that's how this play operates. So in the induction, we have a man named Christopher Sly, which is one of the coolest names ever, and he's kicked out of a bar. And he is speaking absolute nonsense. I mean, he's drunk. He is just totally off his rocker. So he's kicked out, and he falls asleep in the gutter on the side of the road. And now, during that time, a lord comes by, and he um, was just hunting. So he comes by with his hunting party. He's talking with his, his servants and hunting hunters uh, about dogs. And, oh, I like this dog way better than the other dog. <laughs> this dog can track down some deer, my friend. And so, um, but then he looks over, and there's this dude laying in the gutter. And so he's like, what on earth is this guy doing? And he actually insults him. A lot. Um, get used to Shakespearean insults. They are a treat. They are a um, treat. Especially to call each other, you knave. Yeah. Uh, so, but yes, they are very fun, and Shakespeare uses a lot of them. So, this ins many insults that the Lord uses um, is uh, pretty long. It takes up a couple lines. So he says, Oh, monstrous beast, how like a swine he lies. Grim death, how foul and loathsome is his, in his thine image. Sirs, I will practice on this drunken man. What think you? If you were conveyed to bed, wrapped in sweet clothes, rings put upon his fingers, a most delicious banquet by his bed, and brave attendants near him when he wakes, would not the beggar then forget himself? So, it's a little confusing when you first read it, but what the Lord is proposing here is he's saying... Let's have a little fun with this guy. <laughs> exactly. This guy in the gutter, he is totally drunk. Let's... Have some fun with him. Let's have some fun. So maybe, I don't know, teach him a lesson. I, I'm, I don't know what the point of that was. I don't know was. what he's doing, but it's... It did teach him a lesson very well. It's going to be funny. Um, so his plan is to take this guy while he's sleeping, and he is he is knocked out. And he's going to take him to his house, and he's going to dress him up in his own, the Lord's own clothes, so make him look all fancy, and he's going to put him in a nice bed, and he's going to have servants attending to him when he wakes up. And so, and so the Lord says so, so all of his servants are like, all right, let's do it. Yes, sir. So they grab Mr. Sly, and they go to the Lord's house. And so this is where the plan is put into action. So while everything's getting ready, they're dressing up Christopher Sly. They're getting his bed ready. They're getting like rose water, I don't know, something. All the nice meals and the good stuff. All the good stuff. Yeah. Um, think five star hotel for preparing for this guy. And so two things happen. A troop of actors come by, um, and the Lord actually has uh, seen these actors perform before. And so these actors are like, hey. We're here to offer our services, and the Lord's like, great, I've got a guest. <laughs> Not your average guest. <laughs> he doesn't know he's a guest. Um, and so, uh, would you perform a play for him? And they say, yeah, absolutely, man. And so they go off, and they're getting ready. Um, so not only is, as we start to see here, not only is it the Lord's goal to treat Christopher Sly, it's to make him think that he is indeed a Lord. He's yeah. trying to trick Christopher Sly into thinking that he is a Lord who has just been in a insane state thinking he's a drunk man wandering the streets um when in fact he's just been a lord the whole time um, what are you talking about you've been a lord <laughs> exactly um and the other thing which gets awkward is he calls over his page named bartholomew he says bartholomew come over here man. i got a job for you 
I want you to dress up like a lady <laughs> and pretend to be Christopher Sly's wife. And Bartholomew's like, okay. Why not? <laughs> Which is not what I would have done. No, nah, I would have like, ran away. Here's my resignation. Goodbye. <laughs> um, but Bartholomew's like, all right, uh, yeah, let's do it. And so, base, and so um, basically the Lord has just uh, – he's created a wife for Christopher Sly out of thin air who's not actually his wife. Um, all in an attempt to make him believe he's actually a lord. So, Christopher Sly wakes up. Rowan, what do you think he does first? Well, when he wakes up, I mean, I'd be pretty shocked if I were him. He's shocked, yeah, he, but, but the first thing he asks for is some fine ale. Some... He's like, <laughs> Only the finest a... for my lord. Give me a drink. <laughs> and so, the lord, he's pretending, the actual lord is pretending to be a servant at this point, and he's saying, Sir... My my lord, you're you're. Why are you asking for ale? Like you're you're a lord. Why are you, you know, um. Why are you saying all these things that are not true? That you are a drunk that falls asleep in gutters and is kicked out of bars. Why are you saying this? And Christopher Sly's like, yeah, that's what I am, man. Like, what else would I be? And the lord's like, no, I insist that you're not. And so there's this kind of back and forth of. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Until um, he's convinced that he is the Lord. <laughs> Christopher Sly then starts to be convinced, but he seals the deal when the Lord mentions that he has a wife. The Lord's like, hey, man, you have a lady. You didn't know about her? <laughs> and Christopher Sly's like, I guess I am a Lord. And so the Bartholomew, dressed as the lady, comes in, and the troop factors also come in, and they... And so Christopher Sly and his wife and the servants, they sit down, and the troop of actors starts to begin the play. So, again, the induction has set up this frame narrative that the play that we're about to see is The Taming of the Shrew. The play that is being performed for Christopher Sly and all everybody around him is The Taming of the Shrew. So, curtains open, the troop of actors begin performing. So, act one of The Taming of the Shrew. So, a young man, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, arrives in... Padua, Italy. It was a city in Italy. Named, and his name is Lucentio. Um, and he comes with his servant slash best friend, Tranio. Um, so he comes as a student to Padua, and um, he is like, I'm gonna learn everything. I'm gonna learn science, math, absolutely everything. Tranio actually gives him some pretty good advice um, before he starts that I think I definitely use, uh, try to use on a daily basis. <laughs> um, and let me just find the page here. And there we go. Okay. And so he says, Gentle mastermind, I am in all affected as yourself, glad that you thus continue to resolve to suck the sweets of sweet philosophy. Only, good master, while we do admire this virtue and this moral discipline, let's not be Stoics, nor no stocks, I pray, or so devote to Aristotle's cheeks as Ovid be an outcast quite abjured. Balk logic with acquaintance that you have, and practice rhetoric in your common talk. Music and poesy used to quicken you, the mathematics and the metaphysics fall to them as you find your stomach serves you. No profit grows where there is no pleasure tain. In brief, sir, study what you most affect. So basically what Tranio is telling him here is, bounce your school with some fun, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> let's not become so focused on learning. Let's, let's, let's learn, right? Learn um, about Aristotle and logic. But then also, and he mentions... Um, uh, a poet, um, a, a love poet named Ovid, um, but also balance it with some fun and some pleasure, um, which is actually really good advice. Um, so, as 
they're arriving in Padua, right? They're getting their bearings. They're, um, they're seeing where, what they're going to do. Um, they see a group of people. So they're, and one is a man named Baptista Minola. Um, he's a wealthy man in the city of Padua. And he has two daughters who are eligible for marriage, as we will soon find out. Um, Bianca, who is um, beautiful and uh, meek and gentle and just like an angel. Angel the, the perfect of, woman at that time. An angel of a daughter. For angel of a daughter. And then we have Catherine. Mm. And Catherine is temperamental and mean and insulting. She is not great. And she is not great. She's, she's eligible, but will anybody want her? Huh. That's the question. Huh. And so following this little group around is a man named Hortensio and a man named Gremio. Now, Hortensio um, is one of Bianca's the, the angel child, many suitors. And Gremio is another one of her suitors who are always asking for her hand in marriage, but uh, he's a pantaloon. Rowan, do you know what a pantaloon is? I always think of pants. Yeah. Is that... But he, uh, he's a pantaloon? He's a pantaloon. He is a... Oh, he's a pants maker. He's a... No. No? Okay. I don't know. He, but he's a ridiculous old man. That's <laughs> what he is. And uh, there's actually a picture in the CC version of the book that shows him, like, wearing tights. So, I guess, you know, maybe the pants that they wear. Maybe. Actually, maybe they wear crazy pants. I don't know. Yeah. But he's a ridiculous old man. Uh, not somebody you maybe want to marry your young daughter oh, to. But hey, you know, I'm not Baptista Manola in this situation, so <laughs> his prerogative in. Yeah. Um, and so basically they're asking the these two suitors to Bianca, Hortensio and Gremio, are like, can we please marry your daughter? Like, one of us, choose me, choose me. And Baptista Manola is like, no. I will not marry off Bianca, who's my younger daughter, until Catherine... The one that nobody in their right mind would want to marry is married first. It seems like Bianca's doomed there. Like, no one's going to marry her. <laughs> Nobody's going to marry Catherine, and therefore <laughs> Bianca will never get married because Catherine will forever remain unmarried. Um, so, uh, and part of this is a kind of a funny scene, but also kind of kind of vulgar and tiny. <laughs> is, uh, not vulgar, but just, um, it's not nice. It's not great. <laughs> is, uh, is just uh, Gremio and Hortensio and Catherine are just hurling insults at yeah. each other. Uh, they're they're calling her names, and she's like, if you call me that name again, like I'll hit you with the chair, basically. She threw some threats around. There's some threats yeah. thrown around, definitely there. Um, and so they're, they're, they've, you know, they go on with their conversation. And Lucentio and Tranio, they're standing by all this. Lucentio sees Bianca, and what do you think he does? May I marry you? He falls instantly in love. <laughs> I mean, straight out of a Hallmark movie, right? It's, like, yeah. he is head over heels, and all he can focus on is her beauty. So basically, all this learning, balancing learning with pleasure, and uh, going there for school is out the it's, window. It's thrown away. It's <laughs> in the backseat at this point. It's, I gotta get this girl. Yeah. And so... Who needs education? <laughs> exactly. And so Tranio's like, are you sure you want to do that, man? And was like, oh, she's so beautiful. And was like, okay, I guess we're doing this. Uh, you do. Like, I'm gonna help you out, man. And so, how is this going to happen, right? They're new. They have no standing with this family. How are they going to do it? Yeah. So, and Lucentio, so they both actually have the same idea at the same time, like best friends do. They're like, are you thinking what I'm thinking? <laughs> and Lucentio's like, I think I know what you're thinking, Tranio. And so their plan is, is they're going to switch close. Tranio, the servant, is going to pretend to be Lucentio, the rich, the wealth, the, the, um, the son of a very wealthy man. And then, who's a student, and Lucentio is going to disguise himself as a servant, as a actually a, a school teacher, and he's going to try and get into the house of 
um, Baptista Manola and his daughters as a te- as a tutor to them, and then try and uh, uh, um, try and uh, uh, court court Bianca. Um, so they switch clothes, um, and then a Biandello, another one of Lucentio's servants, shows up, and he's like, "Why are you guys switch clothes?" And Lucentio's like, "Here's why." And Biandello's like, "Okay." So basically, Tranio's Lucentio now, and Lucentio's like, "Yeah." Um, and so then, and then they move on. That's hard to understand in the it's Shakespearean hard. language. So really, but... really, this play, and so this kind of sets up the theme, right? We did see that Christopher Sly was disguised put into clothes that he wasn't supposed to, and everybody kind of switched roles at the beginning in the induction, right? And then also, in here, we have people in disguises. So really, the idea of being disguised and trying to pretend to be somebody you're not. There's a lot of changing identities in here, yeah. Exactly. Um, which does get confusing, but <laughs> if you read it enough, it'll make sense eventually. Um, so then, we cut to, I believe this is scene two, um, a man named Petruchio shows up. Um <laughs> Petruchio is from a city named uh, called Verona, and he comes with his servant Grumio, not to be confused Gremio, Grumio. Grumio, you gotta. And so they arrive in the city of Padua, and Petruchio is a wealthy man, and he wants two things in life: he wants to see the world, and he wants to marry a rich wife. He wants to marry a rich woman. And who does that wife happen to be? Uh, well, I'm not gonna spoil it. I'm not gonna spoil it. Okay. Audience, quite yet, though. Not yet. Okay. It's getting, it's getting exciting. It's getting exciting now. Total nerds. <laughs> um, so basically, uh, Patricio says, "I want to see the world, and I want to marry a wealthy woman." And so, turns out that Hortensio, remember the suitor uh, of Bianca from one of them, one of them, <laughs> one of many, um, he's actually a buddy of Patricio. And so, uh, Patricio comes and he says, "Hey, Hortensio, how are you? Uh, I'm doing all right." And you know, exchange the introductions, and then. Horten- Patricio states, I want to marry a rich lady. And Hortensio is like, I've got the ticket. Now, <laughs> it turns out that uh, before this, um, while they were, before they, uh, after they had been rejected by Baptista for marrying Bianca, Gremio and Hortensio, the two suitors, rivals in Bianca's love, make a pact. They say, dudes, dudes all around, <laughs> no dude is going to get Bianca. But we want her really bad, so we're gonna we're gonna set we're gonna put our love for Bianca aside, and we're gonna try to get Catherine a husband. Because there's no way that Catherine, the mean, that there's no way that that will that uh, will be able to marry Bianca if Catherine, who is mean and somebody who terrible, mean and terrible, <laughs> uh, before she's married. So let's pool our resources and pool our minds and try and get, get her, this woman married. Get this woman married <laughs> so that we have a shot at Bianca. And so, Hortensio says, Patricio, hey. my friend, I've got just the woman for you. <laughs> and to his credit, he's like, she's mean. Disclaimer, she's mean. She's mean. And, <laughs> and Patricio's like, I don't care. Is she wealthy? <laughs> and Hortensio says, yes. And Patricio says, and Patricio says that's all I need to know. Let's <laughs> She's go. good enough. Good enough. So, Patricio, they set off to go see Catherine at Baptista's house. Um... Meanwhile, uh, gr- so they run into uh, Gremio along with uh, Tranio, who is disguised as Lucentio. Um, so they run in, and Gremio's like, "Guys, I found a tutor that I can <laughs> give, that I can offer his services to Bianca." 
and it's kind of like a gift almost. And you want to guess who this tutor is? Not really. I'm just kidding. Isn't it Lucentio? It's Lucentio. The, the, the disguised Lucentio. Disguise Lucentio. And so he goes by the name Candio now, a tutor of Latin, which is kind of funny. Here's my business card. I know, here's my business card. <laughs> um, so, and Hortensio says, well, hold up, man. I'm going to find a music teacher for Bianca. So there. And so they have a little bit of a, a little bit of a fight. A little just, tiff. Just a little, a little bit of a tiff, <laughs> I guess. Um, and so Tranio introduces himself. He's like, my name is Lucentio, and... Where's Bianca? He's like, I've heard of Bianca's beauty and her gentleness and just how how she is the perfect woman for me and that I want to marry her. And Grimio and Hortensio are like, get in line, buddy. Like, <laughs> There's a long line. A long get line. in the back of it. So, um, and so Trini was like, I have much a right to try for her as you do. Uh, basically, it's a free country. <laughs> um, and so, but uh, you know what? We can all still be rivals in Bianca's love, but we can, work together. <laughs> we can all still be friendly. And so they all go off. So who all in is in this? Is it all all the people you just listed? So so far, here's who we have. Who we have. So we have Petruccio, a wealthy man. Just a recap. Yes. Petruccio is a wealthy man, coming to Padua, to find a wealthy woman to marry. We have his servant Grumio, um, and then on the Bianca suitor side, we have Tranio, who is acting as Lucentio. Um, we have Lucentio, who is disguised as Cambio, the Latin tutor. Um, then we also have Hortensio and Gremio, who are not in disguise yet. Um, yeah. <laughs> so we have so again a lot of characters are all loving doors, but stick stick with us. Um, it's uh it's about to about to get, about to get good. <laughs> okay, so then that brings us to Act Two. Act Two. Um, uh, how are we doing on time, Ron? Uh, we're doing pretty good. We're doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. How how long have we been going for? I think about half uh, an hour. Half an hour. Okay. Yeah. All right, we'll try and. We'll try and wrap this up with Act 2. Okay, so Act 2 opens with a very violent scene. Uh, Kate has tied Bianca to her a chair uh, <laughs> and uh, is demanding to know who Bianca loves. Is it Gremio? Is it Hortensio? Who is it? Who do you love? And Bianca's like, I don't know. Like, I'll tell you this thing. His name ends in O. His name ends in O. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'll tell you. That's all I'll tell you. <laughs> um, and Kate slaps her. <laughs> Catherine slaps Jeez. her. It's like what? Come on, very like, temperamental. I mean, she's very temperamental and and just not a nice person. Not the lovable type. Not the lovable type. <laughs> and then guess who walks in? <laughs> At that moment, Daddy Baptista <laughs> Manola, and he's like, "Oh, poor Bianca. What has your sister done to you?" <laughs> and then he like shames Kate, and Kate like storms out of the room. He's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm leaving. Like, I will get revenge. <laughs> like just just something mean. I'll come just, back. I'll be back. Just full of anger, right? Um. And so then all the guys show up, right? <laughs> so Petruccio, um, and he's like, "Hey, I wanna, I wanna meet Kate." And Baptista's like, "Really? Am I hearing you right?" Yeah. And he's like, "Yeah, I wanna meet Kate." And so, but before I do, let me. Can we arrange a a, uh, a dowry here? So what a dowry <laughs> was in that time was, um, and it, it differs based on time and uh, what culture you were in, but the dowry was a. Um, is money as wealth given from the bride's family to the bride and her husband? So basically, what happened if the husband uh, died, or if he was in dire financial straits, that the bride would have a resource to keep her sustained. Mm -hmm. um, however, this wealth could be used by the husband and could be profited upon. 
So that's why Petruccio is asking. He's saying, <laughs> how much wealth do you have and that it will be given to me, right? I'll be uh, I'll be, be able to make some money off of it. So how much are we talking here? And so, <laughs> again, that's why he wants to marry a wealthy woman, right? Yeah. Uh, what's her dowry? How much wealth is coming to me mm-hmm. um, so I can make some money, basically. Which is a lot different from what we view as marriage. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, so, like I said, the guys show up. Petruccio is like, I want to meet Kate. So he, um, he's about to go do that. Um, Hortensio has disguised himself as a music teacher. He is the music teacher. He said he'd find. <laughs> and so he's like, I offer my services to teach your daughter's music. And uh, and then there's also Cambio, remember, who's actually Lucentio in disguise as the Latin tutor. Oh, yeah. And Baptista says, all right, uh, I accept these wonderful tutors. Go ahead. <laughs> um, and then we have, uh, again, Tranio disguised as Lucentio. He says, hey, I'm here, and I love Bianca, and I want her. <laughs> um, and so the teachers are sent away to go teach the, um, the daughters, Bianca and Catherine. Um, well, Petruccio cuts the quick, and he starts, like we talked about before, he starts discussing the dowry with Baptista. Yeah. Before he's even met Catherine. Not a nerve with this thing. <laughs> and so he's like, so he says, I want to marry Kate. What's your dowry? Give me some money. How much am I getting? <laughs> and Baptista's like, well, wow. Okay. Um, well, here's what I have. And he says, I, you can absolutely marry her, but she has to agree. Yeah. Um, and so Patricia's like, challenge accepted. <laughs> so suddenly Hortensio runs out and he's like, Kate hit me with a loot. <laughs> And a lute is like a ukulele back in the day. It was like a ukulele yeah. and guitar. Like, it's funny Not, I said back in the day. Back in Shakespeare's way time. Back way in back day. in the day. <laughs> it was a guitar type of instrument. So Kate hit him over the head with it. Tattletale. Um, and actually says in some performances, he would actually come out, the actor playing Hortense, he would come out with a lute broken over his head. <laughs> so he's like, she hit me. Like, I was trying to show her how to play music. And I was like, you know, you played the wrong note. And she hit me with this lute. <laughs> and Petrucci was like, Oh man, this is gonna be fun. like I cannot wait. He's like, looking forward to at it. At this point, it's not about the money. He's starting. To, He's like, just looking forward to the challenge. Just the challenge, right? So he meets Kate. This is by far one of my favorite scenes in the entire play, and I this is where all of the insults between oh, yeah. Catherine and Patricio happen. They come together. Um, again, like I said, these insults are hard to understand, <laughs> um, but repetition and then also um, the CC uh, Folger Shakespeare Library edition of Taming of the Shrew by. Barbara A. Mawat and Paul Wurstein, Um, that is, you can purchase, um, is the one that uh, is for the challenge curriculum. Um, on the left, all left pages are footnotes. So these will tell you the what this word means. Um, at one point, he's like, Patricio is called a twangling jack or something, <laughs> or yeah. Hortensio is, and uh, it'll, Footnote. it'll explain to you what a what twangling jack twangling. is. Um, so, they, so Patricio says, hey, I'm Patricio, and uh, I want to marry you. And Kate's like, absolutely. No, thank you. No, thank you. Um, and so this is, again, like one of our favorite parts um, is the, the insults hurled. I, uh, I yeah. do mean hurled. Hurled. Back and forth um, between the two. Spewed off the tongue. Spewed off the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> that was a nice uh, quality. Yeah, that was pretty nice. Quality yeah. verb there. Strong, strong verb. Strong verb? Yeah, yeah. there we go. Sorry. Um, so let's see. Yes. Okay. So basically what he says is uh, he comes, he doesn't come in with no strategy, however. He comes with a plan. He says, basically, 
I am going to contradict everything that she says. So she says, so say that she frowned. I'll say she looks as clear as morning roses, newly washed with dew. She say, say she be mute and will not speak a word, and I'll commend her volubility, like how much she talks. <laughs> say she pier- uttereth piercing eloquence, and if she do if she do bid me pack, I'll give her thanks, as though she bid me stay by her a week. If she deny to wed, I'll crave the day, when I shall ask the bonds and when we be married. But here she comes now, and now Petruchio speaks. So basically, whatever she says, I'm going to go against Just it. contradict it, Basically, yeah. if she says, I don't want to marry you, Patricia will be like, great! We're married! <laughs> Here's the wedding day, right? <laughs> so, goes in, um, they hurl some in, in, insults back and forth. Um, not your average date. <laughs> not your average date. Um, I won't go through them all, but uh, at one point, uh, Patricia calls Kate a wasp. Um, and she says, if I be waspish best beware my sting <laughs> and then patricia says well if you're a wasp i'll just take out your stinger and you won't be able to hurt me right so just kind of this clever banter yeah. between the two but kate is really trying to hurt patricia <laughs> he, she's mad and patricia is just trying to this is like he's in the groove like he's, he's just he's getting into this it it's all in his plan right so bevisus comes in and he says how to go guys how to go kids and patricia's like great <laughs> she loves me <laughs> she loves me she was, I couldn't, she was, he was kissing me and hugging me and just commending me on how handsome I was. <laughs> and she couldn't, and Kate's like, what? This guy's talking about. Remember, right, right? And so Baptista's like, wow, he's surprised. But okay. <laughs> I don't care. And Patricio <laughs> says, we're going to get married on Sunday. And he leaves. And he says, I'm going to get wedding stuff. Let's <laughs> get some get wedding stuff. Wedding. So he goes off. Um, meanwhile, so, um, but she's like, okay, like now we can start planning for Bianca's wedding. Like, get this <laughs> hey, we're unlocked. And you know, clearly that um, Baptiste's favorite is Bianca, right? Yeah, he's probably looking a the little forward child. to this wedding. Yeah. Um, and so Gremio and Tranio approach him, right? Hortensio's off nursing a mild concussion from the loot, right? <laughs> so Gremio and Tranio, of course, Tranio is disguised as Lucentio. Um, they're uh, they start to talk Baptista. So they says, who like we want to marry your daughter? So which one of us can marry her? Mm-hmm. And Baptista says, "Who's the most like? What are you offering?" Again, marriage was a very uh, was very much like a business yeah. exchange back in the back way back way back in the day. Um, and so, uh, so Tranio says, "This is again." He's acting as Lucentio. He's like, "This is what my father has. He's rich. He's all these. Um, I believe he talks about ships and land, gold." Mm-hmm. Um, Gremio states his, which is meager in comparison to what uh, Lucen- Lucentio has. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so uh, Baptista says, Tranio, but he act- he's Lucentio. Yeah, the new Tranio. I cannot state, I cannot state that enough. Yeah. He's Lucentio. Uh, he's disguised. So he says, Lucentio, you can marry Bianca if you can confirm your wealth to me. So somebody's got to say yes. This guy actually does have yeah. this, um, and and if you don't, then Bianca will marry Gremio. And they're like, okay. And they like call each other names, and then they go off. <laughs> Tranio and Gremio call each other names. It was the usual farewell at that time. Okay, very the <laughs> insulting farewell. So that's where we're gonna stop today at Act Two. Um, the fun just begins two. in Act Two. Uh, so we've kind of so. Um, of course, next would be Act Three, um, and then I believe this has uh, five five acts. 
buy backs, yes. Um, and so we're kind of kind of halfway through a little bit, if you include the induction. Um, so just to restate, we've got beginning with the induction, which is a play being put on for a drunk who a lord is trying to trick. Okay, so that's our frame narrative. That's the play that's being performed. Then we have this man, this guy named Lucentio, who is a student, but then ditches that to try and pursue Bianca, and disguises himself as a Latin tutor um, to get close to her. We have, um, who else? Tranio, who has agreed to disguise himself as Lucentio. Mm-hmm. And then we have um, Gremio and Hortensio, who are two suitors of Bianca. Um, and then we have uh, Petruchio, who wants to marry a wealthy woman. Um, and then we have the Minolas. We have uh, Baptiste Minol, the father of Catherine and Bianca. Uh, Bianca is the angel child, and Catherine <laughs> is the bully. Um, Catherine is Yolas, however, and she he insists that she be married first before Bianca. Um, and so uh, Grimmie and Hortensio team up to find a husband for Kate. Uh, they call her Kate. Um, <laughs> to find a husband first so that they can have a shot at Bianca, and Patricio says, I'm interested. And uh, they're uh, engaged. So, yeah. Um, so that's, yeah. that's kind of... A, that's... Uh, Induction through Act Two, um, uh, Rowan. Do you have any thoughts? Mm. Uh, um, well, so we're going into Act Three next time and Four. Yeah. And then, do you think that like each act has like a different plot line, kind of, or are they all connected mm. in a? That's a good question. So they are. So again, it's a it's a it's a play, right? So it'll all be connected. Yeah, it's connected um, in some way. It's yeah, all but... connected in some way, but they're definitely each time is like a basically um if we think about it now it'd be like a switch of the camera yeah. right the camera pans to something else switches on so in this we had like focuses on christopher sly and then oh we focused on the troop of actors who were performing his play and that's what the camera yeah. focused on for most of it and then in that it's we go from okay lucentio here's this guy and then mm-hmm. we pivot to patricio and then um uh then to kate and bianca alone and yeah. that'll that's a theme that will continue throughout uh-huh. of we get kind of the camera switches what we're looking at mm. uh, different characters over time. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, it's good. Is so, there anything else? Uh, yeah. No, I think I think that's it. So, uh, yeah. Oh, Please, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening very much. Um, Rowan, you want to tell us how they can uh, contact us? Well, they can contact us um, through email, which is up for the challenge, ar at gmail.com. Yep. And then we also have an Instagram page, which is up for the challenge. And you can message us there or an email. And is there anywhere, anywhere else they can? I, I think that's, I think it, that's right it for right now. Uh, There'll be more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be well, more. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. No, sorry. Just. <laughs> um, so, again, thank you for listening. Please come back next week um, to uh, find out what happens in, in the next couple acts. Through. And, yeah. Uh, again, if you have any questions, uh, contact us. And um, thank you for listening. Um, I'm Aiden. And I'm Rowan. And we will see you guys next time. See you later.